I'm hitting record right now. Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. This is episode 63. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Worthington. To your award. Hello. Paul Fotofili. G'day, mate. And we've got homeboy Rob Cooper in the house today. Hello. Welcome, bruh. Um, this is my first time recording the show, so who can say? Could go really well, could go really bad. If you notice anything, don't let us know because we'll probably know about it ourselves once we stop recording and press play on the file. But uh, hopefully it all goes sweet. Um, we've gotten together. We didn't get to shoot last week or record last week because we've got renos going on in the gym. And the renos are happening because we received news this week that the gym can reopen from this coming Saturday, 13th of June, which we're super pumped about. So we've had a bunch of things going on. But one of the big projects is a... Do you want to tell us about the deck that we got going on at the front? Oh yeah, we've got a 60 square metre deck out the front of our gym getting built out of a uh, sustainable hardwood uh, that is a... Uh, spotted gum. gum. Spotted gum, yeah. Spotted gum is beautiful and nice big wide um, battens. And uh, yeah, it's going to give us another 60 squares of uh, movement space, which I think is really important at this time because we're going to have to spread everyone out a little bit and just means we can run one extra class in our behemoth of a gym. Big shout out to the construction team, JB Construction Team. We have JB Construction Crew. That's Stefan, Marek, Aaron, Carl, Aaron, Carl. Carl. Um, Joel, Joel, uh, Derek. There's, there's going to be the others. This goes on and on. Just there'll, great. There'll be others. Sick. Yeah, yeah, it's immense. It's a it's a huge thing. It looks beautiful. Complements our garden fantastically, and it is going to provide a, a, an epic training space, um, a, a third one for the gym. So yeah, on that, if you want to train with us or you're looking for any information about it, find us at junglebrothers.com um, or at Jungle Brothers Movement on Instagram. And if you want some some uh, a, a deck or a fence built, then have a chat with Ben Fencing. Ben Fencing. Ben Fencing. Yeah, that's it, Steve Lyons' uh, brother's company and they've looked after us with our wood. Very Fantastic nice. Fantastic guys. Really lovely. We should probably mention as well <clears throat> with the opening of the gym, um, we will continue live classes, uh, Zoom classes. Most deaf. Yeah, mm. we, uh, we made the decision that we don't want to let the live broadcast go. So we have a lot of people who have really found that that's integrated well into their lifestyle and uh, and they're keen to do kind of a hybrid or a combination of face-to-face classes and online. So we're keeping it going for as long as it's viable. And at the moment, we're pretty confident that it's going to be a, a viable thing for us, right? Yeah. Pa- Paulie's leading the tech department on that and uh, figuring out the whole broadcast setup. I'm high tech. He's a high tech guy. I bought a webcam. The... Uh, <laughs> Training, training a bunch of gym jocks how to use technology is not always an easy task, but you've done a good job of that so far, bro. Yeah, it looks pimp downstairs. Got to make oh, it a gym jock? I'm blushing. Oh. Yeah. Wow, you're almost a gym jock. <laughs> 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 I think we're all a bit of that. Um, bit of an open chat today. The, the, the reason I... We, we want to talk about the idea of uh, getting gains in your training through a, a, a sustained... A sustained and... Uh, I suppose, minimal effort. And what I mean by that, Robbie, you really kind of embody this for me, which is why I was keen to, to have you in for the chat, um, is the idea that you, you don't have to train a huge amount of time each week. You only have to do a little bit. But if you can do that for a long period of time, so on a consistent basis, you will make excellent results from it. And I think that you, as a person in our gym, amongst others, embody that um, very much so, um, purely just because, you, what do you train with us? Twice a week? Yeah, it's usually twice a week. Uh, if I get three sessions in, I'm having a good week. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of limited by time really. So I've got you know three girls at home, a wife, I run a business. So 
Um, three three kids and then the wife? That's correct, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, I should have put it that way. <laughs> yeah, four girls at home. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Killing it. Yeah, so, yeah, with, with all of that and the business, um, yeah, I don't get too much sort of free time to, to do my training. So, but, you know, I, I try to make a effort to at least get two sessions in and that's pretty much been my go-to for what, five years now with JB's. Um, OG. Yeah. So that's two sessions a week and one dance party a year. <laughs> at, at the minimum one. That we know party. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Supervised. <laughs> one supervised. <laughs> Tell us more about this dance party <laughs> comment show. <laughs> 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 yeah, one of those dance parties is like having, you know, six sessions a week too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie's, a, Robbie's a fan alongside us of the electronic music. Absolutely. Yeah, like, likes, good. likes getting to a couple of gigs throughout the year. <laughs> Who's your faves, Robbie? Uh, look, uh, I couldn't, wouldn't say I have a favourite, but I've probably got a top five. Uh, you know, Hernan Catanio, Elkie Klein, Yotto, Lane 8. And yeah, I can't think of the fifth That's right. There's a now. lot of nodding going Top on. Top four here. right there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like I'd say Yotto and Lane Eight are high up there for me lately. Yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like a bit of a Jungle Brothers playlist there. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's good. I, uh, funny story about that. I had, um, uh, you might have seen on my Instagram, Alan. Um, who I used to train was actually, it was a guy, his name's Alan. Oh, yes. Thompson, he was my first client when I became an official PT at Anytime Fitness in Surrey Hills. And um, he owned a cafe up the road called Bang Bang. And it was a really, really cool cafe, really nice little spot. And uh, anyway, he asked me what I did and I told him I was a trainer and he ended up coming to train with me for a couple of years. And that sort of sparked him on this journey. And he's now, yeah, he, he got very much into his bodybuilding. Um, and he's a, I think he started training with me. He was maybe 50 um maybe maybe yeah i think it was 50 so anyway huge progress at at a later stage in life very dedicated guy but he came over to my place um he hasn't been able to lift weights throughout the lockdown and he's been like he's actually like a bit of an addict so he's like mate can i come and lift your barbell yep so he said yeah come around and he came around on a monday night and another friend of misa and and of of ours came around um who's a, a gym owner friend of ours and we're all hanging out and you wouldn't know this when you look at Alan, but he had a 24-year career as a, a Ministry of Sound DJ wow. uh, in the UK. He had a residency in Ibiza. He was like, you know, he was, he was the guy at the time. And this is going back, I guess his, his career was probably like mid-80s onwards. So he was mixing it up with like um, Carl Cox and Danny Tanaglia and even like early David Guetta and like those level of That's DJs. It. Speaking of OGs. Right? Yep. And um, it was real funny because he's, you know, he was before the time of social media and he's not, he's not currently a DJ. So you don't, you know, yep. you don't know about his stuff. And um, I, I brought it up as, because I thought, oh, this would be interesting. And um, Sean, our mate who was there, he said, uh, oh, like, did you, um, did you play with like any of the, like, did you know any of the big DJs at the time? And Alan looked at him and said, I was a big DJ, mate. Sean <laughs> 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 was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> it was so you know, like it. But it's just it's funny that um, he had that those two lives, you know, that whole thing. Like he was at the pinnacle of it for over two decades, and then yep. now he's a oh, fuck. Now he's in the coffee business and lifting weights and whatever. He doesn't DJ at all anymore. Hey? 
Nah, he still has an interest. And actually, you might remember when we were at our last, or maybe it was our, our annual directors meeting last year or the year before at Electric Gardens. He was on we the stage. We saw eh? him on stage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, he's, really? Yeah. Do you remember? I don't remember much. He might have been having a yeah. conversation <laughs> with someone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were, we were like bopping around. It was um, Nicole Madaba that was, that was playing. She's yes. a Spanish girl, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was one with the, the deep voice. Deep. Yeah, 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 that's her. She's awesome. Real weird, like kind yeah, of weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I uh, thought she was um, transvestite when I, I was listening to her on the radio. I and thought I that saw too. Her and you can tell that she's not, but yeah, she's a very deep voice. Super deep. Mm. It's funny, you know. In Spain, I noticed that a lot of uh, a lot of women have deep voices. I don't know what it is, but um, but yeah, he was up they on stage. Women, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just at this one club that I always went to. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, they love me there. Uh, <laughs> 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 I got good Spain. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he was up on stage and we were like, oh, and he caught, he caught us. We were like, oh, hey. So he's still there and I think he does play the occasional gig. But um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's inbred in him, mate. He'd definitely still be a part of it. It'd be hard to let it go, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> That's right. Mate, tell us some... Um, uh, Tell us about the first time you came to our gym. I like, I like okay. that story. Yeah, so I actually moved into Pemberton Street, where the gym used to be. And uh, before that, I lived in Matraville. I had I was in a little house there with a garage, and I had my own setup. Um, I was doing like ring work and some weights and some body weight sort of training. And looking back on it now, it was all pretty bad the way I was doing it, but nonetheless, I was doing it. <laughs> and so I moved into Botany and. Basically, where we live now, you couldn't put anything up on the walls like a, you know, chin-up bar or any kind of equipment because it would just collapse on you. So I noticed uh, the gym and I popped in and I think you were getting a massage at the time. <laughs> in the gym? In the gym, yeah. Uh, some shoulder work, something like that. And remember, uh, when Robin, remember when Robin oh, used to yeah, give yeah, us a yeah. massage oh, okay. yep. for membership. in exchange for membership? Yeah, wow. So I'm like in the gym. I got my top off lying on the middle of the gym, like on the <laughs> massage bed, getting a massage. <laughs> 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 Just weird. Our gym was only 90 metres squared, by yeah. the way. It's like a double garage. Yeah, pretty Wasn't much. It? With a high ceiling. Yeah, that's right. That's it. That was all that was in there. And a couple of... was in there. It was like one, one rack, one... Two chin-up bars. Yep. Because it still had the plat that fucking platform that they put over the hole in the middle. Oh, when we were first in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe two racks. Oh, gosh. Oh, it was pretty minimal. It was tiny, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I approached Joe and I said, look, mate, um, don't really want to be a member of this gym, but I would like to, <laughs> use, <laughs> I'd like to use the floor space because I haven't got anywhere to train in, at the apartment I just moved in to. And Joey just said, look, you know, it's not really our thing to do that. However, why don't you just come in and do some sessions on me? Um, and after you start that, with the shoulder rub? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, if you're not sort of happy with our, what we do, then we can talk about you coming in just to do your own thing. And uh, five years later, I'm still here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, our marketing strategies changed yeah. since then as well. <laughs> 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 our sales approach as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, say I went in for a couple of weeks, did a couple of days a week uh, for, yeah, my usual two days a week. And uh, yeah, just uh, loved it. Uh, still do. 
what we be here forever. Can I ask? Because I've I've never really had the convo with you, but prior to that, or you know, in your younger years and stuff, did you play footy, or were you doing any other form of training? Did you go through? Yeah, I mean, I, a good friend of mine. He's actually a personal trainer. He's in Sweden now. Um, we used to train a bit together. Um, yeah. In regards to sport, I played a little bit of like indoor soccer, outdoor soccer, little bits of tennis. I had a little uh, go at footy, but that was a long time ago. Um, sort of always kept sort of active and I enjoy my sport, um, participating and watching it. Um, but yeah, so I've always sort of had that in me to, you know, keep Be fit physical. And just be physical, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. What, was, what inspired you with the training that you were doing by yourself? You know, working on the rings and lifting weights like that, that, that combination of, of things is not necessarily very common five years ago. I uh, just through what uh, my mate taught me, basically, you know. Um, he's certainly evolved since then as well. So, um, what's he doing now? Yeah, he's, he's PTing in Sweden. So, okay, he's, yep. he's married, he's got a few boys himself now. Fucking lockdown over there now. Yeah, yeah. Is it? So. Oh, yeah. All went fucking gangbusters, didn't it? Yeah, right. They decided that their relaxed approach wasn't working. (laughs) (laughs) Problem is, like, I was I was speaking to Anton. His name is, and uh, he was just telling me like, fucking half the country smokes. So they just it's it's gonna go stupid there at at some point, you know. Nothing. The big smokers there. Yeah. Okay. They are. Yeah. Big smokers. Never been there. How about that? I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, me either. Until we until we mentioned it. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, right. So he he was a bit of an influence for you getting into that mix of training styles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just figured, especially when I had my first child, uh, Mia, um, I just had this notion in my head that I've got to keep fit, you know, for the family and obviously for for myself as well. Um, and it's a it's a good avenue to obviously stay healthy but also you just need your own time as well and that's my time like and i might as well use that sort of time to improve my health come on we don't like sitting at the bar oh of course i do but you know pokies (laughs) they're open again (laughs) (laughs) been open for weeks mate yeah yeah but you know i've got to i've got to stay uh disciplined (laughs) 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 you know me Go hard or stay home, so I better, <laughs> <laughs> I better stay home. <laughs> or go hard at the gym. Yeah, well, that's it. That's it. What, um, you know, I, I think, um, and I kind of wanted to get into it with all, because you guys are all um, fathers, you've all got kids. And so I think that probably this, this question extends to everyone at the table, but is there a, um, do you have to change your expectations on your training when you are training around? Um, managing a family as well and a business because you know I'm sure at times you've you, you you've had more freedom to train and obviously Rob I'm, I know you'd rather do more than two sessions a week yeah and especially in a gym like ours where there's people who are training a lot more than that and it's visible in some of the results of what they're getting and you know the handstands and the bodyweight stuff and yep. whatever um, they just have you know more time to give to it do you do you have do you find yourself having to manage expectations around that? On an ongoing basis, yeah, I think I think you have to be real, have a realistic approach um, when it comes to being limited by how many days a week you can train. Like, you know, I I, I put down on the board uh, the goals board. The goals board last year. I want to do a, a thirty second free stand handstand, and you know, that's just an unrealistic 
goal for me because there's just no way I'm going to be able to put the, the amount of time needed to, to, to reach that goal, you know. And I think I had it there. We needed to, I needed to set that goal by the 26th of December last year. And where are we now? And I'm still kicking up to the wall. <laughs> you know, yeah. so... Um, yeah, you do. You do need to manage your expectations. So, but yeah, I'm definitely seeing um, the improvements with with well, my range of motion and, and my strength. Um, doing this little approach over a long time. Yeah. What do you think the biggest changes have been that have taken place over the five years? That stuff uh, that keeps coming back. Uh, look, for me, core strength. Definitely core strength. Uh, my range of motion is getting better. Um, I can touch my toes it's come now, a long which way, is fantastic. Actually. I haven't been able to do that for a long That's time. Right. You know, so, well, I don't think I've ever been able to do that. Um, so yeah, flexibility is starting to, you know, reap some more rewards. It's still got a long way to go on that. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. It's still possible to chase goals with two days a week. I mean, you just have to get a bit more specific with your structure and um, the stuff that you're doing within those classes needs need structure as well. That's right. Yeah, I, I would argue that, you know, like with your handstand, I mean, if you remember the original goals board and then the subsequent goals boards that were that were created after that, I think I had one arm chin up on it for like four years. Yeah. And I'm further from it now than I ever was. <laughs> but um, it also, it also, you know, like the goal thing, you know, so in that regard, I, and I don't, you know, no rugrats because it, uh, it, it guided my training for a period. And then when I changed my focus and sort of it became unimportant to me. Um, but the, but say for you with the handstand, I've seen your progress with your mobility and with your positioning and all that stuff. You're probably going to get a 30 second handstand. It's just not going to happen by that specific date, well, which right. is now yeah. past, but yeah. you're probably going to get one in like, say the next couple of years. Yep. And I would argue that if you hadn't said it, you probably wouldn't be working on it. That's right. You know, and I'm sure you haven't been over COVID. It's not been a great focus for you yep. day to day. But once the gym's back up and you're back in here, I would imagine that you'll start chipping away at it again. That's it, absolutely. Actually, the other thing I did notice, um, you had put a post up when back in the old gym. I think I I cleaned your whip and uh, you said, oh, let's take a photo. And we we're both squatting. And I, I, I came back to that photo somehow through a memory on Facebook or something like that. And my squat was shit house. Was it was like so my, it's good now, <laughs> yeah, hey. Like it was, so my right. knees were together, and I couldn't mm. get any range, and I was quite high on it. And, but now, yeah, my squats—I would say it's pretty damn good. So yeah, you will. You yeah. work. Um, you. I've seen those pictures that you've posted a few times. Um, for people listening, you have. A, what's your name of your business? RC Carcat. So RC Carcat. Robert Cooper Carcat. That's right. And what do you do? So it's an automotive detailing business. Yep. Um, I specialise in like paint restoration and, and ceramic coating installation. So yep, yep. you buy a new car and the dealer's trying to sell you their, you know, protection packages. Just uh, say no and come to me, basically. Yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. get a better product, a better service, better prep. Um, and Plug it's going it to cost, cost you less as well. So Plug it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but in your industry, you're you're around cars, and I've, the videos you posted. I mean, you're detailing. You're down on the side of cars. Yeah, yeah. It's quite. It's, 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 it's challenging. Labor intensive yeah, work. Labor, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
A lot of guys, if they're polishing the bottom end of the car, they'll sit on a stool. But I just squat. I squat down. I Cossack through it. Cossack, so I saw that know, one. Like, yeah, uh, it's mad. And that, 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 that's probably another reason why my squat's getting a lot better. But um, I've, I, I love working in that way and I've got to attribute that to the training I do here. You know, without learning those techniques, you know, there's, I'd be sitting on a stool as well, you know. So yeah, that's help, so good. It helps, me, it helps me keep fit while, yep. while, while, while I'm working as well. Um, going back to the original time management um, question, uh, I totally agree. You have to, yeah, you you have to you have to be pretty fluid with your the management of your time and expectations. Um, what being a father also and a business owner, um, and I found yeah goals have to change and I have to be okay with that sometimes. Um, and just thinking about like how you how you squat at work, stuff like that. And I think about how I've, I've come to, to where I've, I've been and, and I think about fathers and people who are time poor and the way that, you know, I approach the training is uh, you, you have to somehow make um, your lifestyle conducive with training and movement. Yep. So, you know, you're trying to basically stack, you know, elements of your life together. So, like, you spend time with your kids but you make that physical and you play outside and... You have your work and you're doing your job and you're reinforcing the range that you worked hard at and the knowledge that you built in the gym and you use that at work. And I, I feel like that those type of things that you're doing with at work is 100% like why you've continued to continue making gains because, you you know, you learn and use specific stuff in the, in the gym. Yep. And that's two sessions, that's two hours. And then you've got all the rest of the hours in the week to express that. And by doing that at, yeah, in, the, in, the, um, in the shop... It's hundred percent helping. Mm. For sure. Yeah, the for sure. the, the uh, training is translating into your everyday yeah. life. That's it's it. functional fitness, bro. Super dad, super dad. And credit 100%. where credit is due. Anytime you squat, you should yeah. mention to the people around you that Jungle Brothers taught you that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We'll I'll put a little JB logo on my uh, on my shirt too. <laughs> no, I think just that. above the butt crat. <laughs> yeah. So when the shirt rides up, a tattoo by JB. I'll get a tattoo. Property of. Yeah. Oh God! What about you two? Um, like, I mean, you just kind of responded a bit there, but like in terms of expectations, and like Paul, you've just had a, you've had Lucia. Yeah. Was she like a few months old? Five. Five months old. Wow. Um, T, another one coming. Mm. So you know, like, and, mm. and you know, do you yeah. do you find that you hit a point where you're like, ah, oh, fuck, like, you know, sleepless nights or whatever, and when you're yes. training, sucking. Yeah. Talk about that. Uh, yeah, the expectations thing. I learnt over time like um when we first had a kid or when we first got busy with the business and stuff like that um yeah and you've got whatever goal set that you got at the time and maybe you don't reach it um and then you do it again and you're not reaching it yeah you have to be adaptable and over basically the the less time i've had to have training pursuits put simply um the longer my expect the better i've come at basically setting those expectations and what i do is i look at the 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 long long game you know i'm looking at the long long game all the time and i tell people a lot of fathers that all the time it's like um it's like the you know the idea that you look at a graph and if you look too closely it looks like it's going up and down all the time but if you step further back from it what you want is for it to be just slowly going up over time and my expectations my my idea of training has totally evolved into the idea that I want to be healthy. It's a long-term thing. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. I'm not looking just to, to do a short sprint. So, you know, that that type of thinking really, really helps me. 
Yeah. What about you, T-Bone, as someone who chases, you know, you, you zero in on some pretty... Very high expectations, Joe. Very high. Very. And I share those for yeah. you. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, um, you know, like with the straps and all that and, and, you know, like you at one point there, you were very close to getting a press to handstand. Unfortunately, you never got it. <laughs> um, ooh. Oh, that's there just we go. the we're lights. On, we're on. I think, yeah. Let me power. We just had our lights go out <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> lights powered down. Has nothing to do with, with Joel. No, we're still, we're still, still recording. JK, <laughs> guys, don't use we're JK. Take two. Electrical work. <laughs> I got a sparky doing He's electrical work downstairs. So it's like, <laughs> don't hit the wrong breaker, yep. please. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so, you know, with those more kind of lofty goals, do you, are you just like, yeah, no, nah, same deal? Or is there something that goes on I kind on of plot along. Like I don't, I don't, I've never had any high expectations out of one particular session. So if I go into a session... And, I, and, it's, and I'm feeling good, then I push it. And if I'm not, then I don't. And I really don't take into consideration what's happened before or after. Because sometimes you can get up in the morning and you're full of energy and you're like, fuck, I'm going to have the best session ever. And then you get in and you feel like shit and you're lifting light and everything's coming apart and then you beat yourself up for the rest of the day. And then other times you have four hours sleep, you get in the gym and you kill it. And you're like, fuck, where did that come from? You know? Yeah. So I think... Um, it's just more for me, it's just about the process and enjoying that time and space. Like Robbie was saying, it's his time. And, and that, that's pretty much all it is for me now. And anything that I gain in progressions from that is just a bonus, really, at this stage. I'm just happy to, to be uninjured. And it's a fucking ass kicker, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Kicking everyone's ass. Uh, Yes. Actually, that's probably something else I should add. (laughs) Yeah. Is uh, injuries, you know, like... uh, Yeah, for sure. That's, like, I used used to battle with not not hugely painful, like, back pains and stuff like that. I remember the back pain. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, But all that's just gone, you know. I had some shoulder issues... No more, even some knee, you know, issues. Nothing major, but uh, yeah, with with all the training, you know, all that's alleviated. So, and it's so good. Like it's allowed you to to try. You know, I mean, yeah, you're trying cool things in the gym. I've seen, but you know, more recently, just pre-COVID, uh, strapped the gloves on, and it was like, yeah, you know, right. I I, I can I can do this <laughs> if I want. And um, now you're coming for tea. This that's supposed pretty, yeah, kicker. Fa- like Dude. Robbie's been dodging Fight Factory for. Five years now, That's right. and he's decided to not just join Fight Factory, but join into us like the Spire the tight sessions. group of not even sparring. It's like the the advanced sparring session, the Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fight. It is. It's a Fight Club. <laughs> Chucked his gear on and just jumped in there, and they're not going. They're not going easy on you. Nah, no, they're no. fucking. Giving it to some, you. I've had some bruised grips and stuff. <laughs> He's got great, that's for sure. He's just swinging. Uh, <clears throat> great. I was very, very impressed with that. Yeah. What drew, what drew you to that? Ah, oh, look, uh, <coughs> definitely something new. I used to do a little bit of karate when I was really young, but never really sort of progressed. Um, and, yeah, I just thought, you know, give it a go, you know. Throw down. New mezzanine nice went up and it's like, like kind of... Yeah, I there. really enjoyed it. Obviously, yeah, it's certainly... You know, you watch UFC and you're like, yeah, I could do that. Should have fucking blocked it and yeah. punched the guy. That's what I would have done. That's right. <laughs> just get up. Yeah. Just get up. Yeah. Just stand yeah, up. Just lying on each other. <laughs> yeah. Next minute I'm walking back to the car with my toe in between my legs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Those ribs are going to be hurting for a while. <laughs> and, you know, once you've gone in once, you have to come yeah, back. That's right. 
I'm not, I'm not giving up. Mate. I just <laughs> bought all the equipment. Yeah, yeah I really enjoy it. it. So yeah, it's, what I really enjoy about it is like when you're in those moments and you're getting tired. You know, you really need to sort of try to focus and you know think about what you're doing and you know blocking and putting some combinations in there. So yeah, that's I think that's sort of stage one of what I'm taking out of uh, sparring, you know, so it's uh, yeah, a long way to go. Being present. What about jits? Did you ever get, get on the mats? No, nah, never, yeah, never done that. Are you going to can have a go? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if it interests me too much, to be honest. Well, you don't want me kind of rubbing his balls? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 69 <laughs> of you with a Try humping. Try humping. I certainly respect it. It's called combat. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly respect the skill and the technique, you know, required to be, you know, good at that. But I don't know. It's just, I, don't, I think I'd just rather punch, some, punch someone in bash the head. Some <laughs> <laughs> it's very understandable. It's, um, you know, like there's a lot of, for, it, is, it, it is like that for, for a lot of people. It's just like, no, nah, I'm not interested in that, that style. Yeah. You know, and I get it. Um, it's fucking hard. Works both ways. Shit <clears> too. <throat> for me, it hurts. I just hurt. Hurts? Yeah, yeah, hurts. Like post training, like yeah, like everywhere I don't want to hurt, hurts. Yep. I can like I get up next morning, I'll be like, oh, that that hurts. <laughs> I'll move something <laughs> else. Like, oh, it fucking hurts too. It's true, but it, it doesn't it doesn't hurt as much in the moment. Like in, when no, like, that's like say problem, when I get though. punched in the face, I'm like, oh, like <laughs> oh, that's alarming. <laughs> <laughs> that's alarming. Yeah, who punched that's a, that's you? That's an upsetting <laughs> sensation. <laughs> Not when I punch you. <laughs> I felt euphoric after you punched me that time. <laughs> if anyone's seen that video when I sort of go off with the fans. Oh, that's the best moment. video ever. <laughs> that's great. That, that when you boys were in the ring. Yeah. yeah you seen awesome. that? Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Paul, just, back Paul just cracked me and I'm like, if I go somewhere else for a little while. <laughs> the legs just locked out. That's all I remember. Two legs just locking out. <laughs> like stops, like stomps the ground a little. Yeah. That's right. Oh, oh fuck. But, but yeah, right. It's it's a funny kind of paradigm, isn't it? Yeah, you know, there, there's there, there's there's discomfort that comes from both, but it's kind of different. Yeah, I think you have to be a very special human to 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 like both. And uh, like watching how many like I thought a lot of there'd be a lot of cross pollination between the striking and the jits in our class, and um, and it hasn't been that. There's a few, and I mean, they're the fucking diehards. You know what I mean? But the, and it just like that small percentage of the martial arts population that take on two different like two like a grappling style and a striking style a very special human being i think they're just like they can take lots of pain or they like inflicting lots of pain one or the other yeah and i think you've got to have time right yeah and lots of time like that's that's the thing if you like say you come to sparring on a thursday in fight factory and then you know you get your ass kicked and then you think oh, i'm gonna go do jiu-jitsu the yeah. next week it's like nah you should go learn, like you should go fight like do some more fight factory mm. right like you kind of it almost forces you to stick with that thing yeah so you can get good at it yeah so you, you can actually start to attain some skill unless you're like martial arting two hours a day every day exactly which has its own issues that come with that you know? yeah yeah fuck you you're burning the candle at both ends oh, for sure yeah. i love the ufc for that for watching the um the specialty fighters versus the mma fighters type thing you know, you got the, oh, the like fighters. Styles? That, yeah, so you got a, like a striking specialist who's 
been doing it all their life and then they learn wrestling and ground game to complement it and they, they fight in the UFC. And then you've got the reverse, the wrestlers and whatnot that learn striking. Yeah. And then you got the younger generation who just start doing MMA. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just got it all. It's so interesting for me. That's that's why the UFC is so cool because yeah, of the matchups. Certainly, certainly evolving. And the, the trends, <coughs> you know, and that's just sick just watching people like that. But is that, Do you ever watch one? Yes, I do. I love one. What love is it? One FC. Yeah, is, it, is it MMA or is it? I can't strike? really. I, it's a bit I of everything. It's a bit of everything. It depends, and they have tournaments. Yeah, I don't know it enough to be able to just give you the whole what is it. But they have, they have like Muay Thai championship fights, watching it, or kickboxing fights, and then they have full MMA bouts as well. They have grappling only events or no? Yeah, I think Maybe. they do. I think yeah. they do. Yeah, yeah. But they're like the biggest. I think. They're bigger than the UFC. Bigger than the UFC statistically because they've got the Asian market, etc. Oh, okay. And there's seriously and quality free. in their ranks and it's free to watch YouTube. Oh, really? Oh, well. Yeah, man. Yeah. The events can... are live on YouTube. So their only income then comes through like ticket sales and sponsorship. sponsorship. I don't know. Like They're probably just pumping money into it to get an A, like to get market ma- share. Yeah, and then they'll charge something yeah. for mm. it. Have and to maybe the UFC has to put a lot of money in contrast into the sport because it's kind of i don't know new the, they, they blood people they have a lot of fighters in their stalls whereas like one fc just has there's muay thai fighters everywhere you know you can good one throw a rock and hit one over in asia <laughs> and you know there's just I over think there's, in asia yeah there's still well there's, there's heaps there's like so many quality Strikers. fighters in there it's crazy yeah i thought throw a rock or you can throw rocks in there as well <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think the the guy that runs it too, the CEO, he's got a uh, is it Sid Yog, Sid Chatri, Sid okay. Tong. Right. He's got a very good reputation amongst the fighters as okay. looking yes. after them and being yeah, very right. Yeah. Unlike Dana White, the CEO, oh the, the, you know, whatever the head of UFC, who's you know kind of always a bit of a contrasting character. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I love it because it's free too. Like just. Just saying, it's free. I can just They're go there pushing and watch the some quality fighting thing. for free. Yeah. Like he's big on <laughs> respecting the fighters and the crowds, being yes. respectful to the fighters, and totally. just you know respectful of the arts. Yeah, that, I don't think they you use no any shit downs, talking. No shit like there's talking. no shit talking in their promos and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen in all the videos are like promotions for the fighters, not they just the talk beef. nicely about I do each love other. The shit talking. Yeah, but that's what draws you to the fight. That's I mean, that's what right. sells it, huh? P- powerful marketing tool. Imagine getting beaten huh? up and then have to talk nice to someone. Oh, God, I don't I think know. I'd enjoy that. Well, they always talk nice after, after right? yeah. pretty much. Like pretty no one, yeah, no one's got beef once someone's had their fucking face smashed in. <laughs> but in that lead up, the, yeah, the UFC loves like drawing it out of people, trying to get them to rip into each other. And actually, whether it's the UFC that does it, it's the like the fighters that do it, like Conor McGregor who was very successful with it. So other fighters emulate that because they're like, well, that's how I'm going to get success. So just get naturally, noticed. Yeah, they yep. start talking shit as well. The general public loves spectacle. Yeah. Mm. You notice nice. um, Donald nice. Trump had a, what do you have? Fuck Donald Trump. I can't. Bro. Yeah. No, he's fucking, <laughs> Fuck mate, he's a powerful leader. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. Um, if you saw he had like a, at the beginning of COVID, he had like an economic, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like an economic task force or like, you know, a group of people he put together to help uh, bring the American economy back to, you know, its former strength. They're wearing vests, bulletproof well, vests. <laughs> no, they're essentially all um, the leaders of sports organizations. So Dana White was in it. 
He had like head of the San Antonio Spurs baseball team, um, you know, owners. And the, and the idea was get sports back as quick as we can because sports are what the people want. And it goes back to that same thing that they would use in the Roman Empire where when shit was falling yeah. apart in society, they would put gladiatorial events on yeah. to distract the distract populace from yeah. whatever, the fact that they were taxing them double or that everyone was dying from malnutrition or... Isn't that interesting? Yeah. What a fucking... So that's why the UFC <laughs> has been allowed to... Like, they've been hosting events for the last few weeks. Of course. You know, they've had wow. certain restrictions, but yep. it's been... But you're like, how the fuck did this go ahead? Oh, my gosh. Like, how did this go ahead when, like, the NBA, the NHL, um, the NFL, all of those leagues cancelled 2020? They all said, like, we're shutting for 2020. Yeah. Like, that's the response we're doing. UFC's like, no, nah, we're going to hold events. And, like, good, you know, well done to them, right? Like, they were persistent. I think they, they got they, it. they're not as big as uh, like all the NBA and NHL and stuff because they're new and they don't have as much cash. And I heard it also there was some pressure because of the ESPN deal that they made. Right. So they, they had a contract to have whatever, 145 events on. In, oh, no, sorry, 40-something 40, 40 events on in the year, and that's 52 weeks. And as soon as it shut down, the more weeks they stopped, the more they were having to compound them towards it. I, I, I don't know if there was any truth to that, mm. but I, I hear that. The back end of the year, once it opens, there's just going to be heaps of events. It's going to be heaps of fights on, heaps. which is something to look forward to. Yeah, that's what right. they're trying to, you know. Well, there's, it's, there's a lot of fucking turmoil going on over there, even in the sporting world. What's the name of the NFL guy with the big hair that kneeled on one Kaepernick. leg? And then, what was the deal? He, he, he got fight. Did he not get allowed to play again? Or can he play again? Or I don't know the full story. Yeah, but. Obviously, he's, he was, he's in headlines at the moment. Yeah, he Again. is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the whole thing about the kneeling and then the photos, I saw a lot of photos of comparison of him kneeling yeah. and then the George Floyd thing and this is why. Yeah, it became a bit of a, an, yeah, an, an act of, of, of defiance, a common act of defiance and, and a symbolic thing. So everyone takes a knee. And then you got the police and stuff on the other side also showing mm. their yeah, respect yeah, by taking thing. the knee. So, yeah, there's a lot of imagery of... Of him going around at the moment, yeah. Yeah. And um, there was something else about him that uh, I forgot what it was. If it comes back, I'll let, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, it's funny with sports people because with what's going on and we're kind of going off the topic. Systemic the moment, racism go is what we're it. talking about. Good, go yeah, there. Yeah, but um, the yeah, sports figures and any fucking pundit, like you say anything right now and you're – yeah, you, you, you don't want to say anything. Don't want to say anything. Now. Yeah, well, just, that that happened, yeah, and there's another guy in the in the NFL that said something well, the other day about the flag, and it's unacceptable. Um, and you well, know, everyone jumped on him, and now he's now he's apologizing to everyone. And Holy shit! Yeah, was he white or black? White. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Fucking hell! White guy. Um, yeah, now's not the time. Now, now, breeze now yeah. never the t- there's no time really when you think about it. You know. Well, it, it's also it's interesting too, though, because part of the whole thing is that people need to have open discussions. Yeah, people right? are trying to work it yeah. out. So, so in, in in a way, you're like, all right, if you if you actually have a yeah. view that is would be considered, it can it would be considered racist, like yeah, uh, or, you know, or like offensive, say, or in, in, tell us that view and, so, and talk about it. Yeah, and rather than like to yeah. harbor that shit deep within and yeah and then go. the problem is like if they say something they're either scared to say something because mm. people are going to shoot them down or when they say something people shoot them down so like you know just criticizing people or condemning them for something they said is not helping either so but if you pe- are a racist then 
don't come to Jungle Brothers. Pretty much. It's true. Just don't yeah. fuck out. Just no, well, let me change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of those signs that's, at the front. That's a great You're point a too, isn't it? Let me change your mind. You know, like you would, you know, like you want to, like say I saw um, Israel Adesanya, UFC middleweight champion. Um, he was um, going to talk at a rally in Auckland. Mm. And he posted about it and then someone, you know, obviously fucking he's got a billion followers. Um, there was, you know, there's going to be, there's always going to be a bunch of comments of people that are having a go at you mm. and, and, you know, essentially making racist remarks in that situation. And he does a lot of interacting with his, um, yeah, yeah, with he's his, on so yeah, his social he's pretty media. On there, yeah. Even the trolls and he shit. loves it. Yeah. yeah. And one of the trolls was like, man, like, why are you bringing that shit here? Like, there's no problems in New Zealand, like fucking leave it in America or something like that. And uh, his response was, fuck you, you're racist, unfollow me. And um, I thought, like, that's cool. Like, it's cool that he's so definite about, you know, who he is and what he stands for. But at the same time, um, you almost, <clears throat> and no, who's got the time to do this, but you want to engage with that kind of mentality because it's like, well, what do you, you know, like uh, if they were to have a good sort of discourse back and forth, then perspectives could be broadened for that guy and totally. maybe for Adesanya himself. And, but it's, it's so hard, like, because... Well, I mean, it's hard for someone like that when you've got 10,000 comments when you put a post up on Instagram, you know. But I, I believe the conversation is very challenging for just a regular person to have. For me, as someone who posts some shit on Instagram and not anything that's particularly deep, I've been wanting to talk about it, but I'm like, I don't know how to talk about it. Like, I don't know what I would say um, that doesn't sound like I'm trying to just signal to everyone, hey, I'm not racist. Like, look at the good thing I'm doing. You yeah, know what I mean? I do. I think it's, but it's also very important to pull people up when you see it like you you gotta people need to know that it's unacceptable you know like whether that's your view or not like to 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 be to persecute any any anyone else for something that's different to you like some kind of fucking bigotry or shit like that it's just unacceptable you know at the end of the day and i think if their views that you hold then that that that's that needs to be they need to be told. Checked. Yeah, need to be checked. And I think a lot of the times, well, the problem with today is that you're in this echo chamber, especially when you're when ev all of your conversations are screened by algorithms, and you say something out into the world, and all the shit that you're saying just gets verified by others that are saying the same thing, but nobody's challenging you. And this happens on both sides. I can tell you right now, like my feed is very very different to say somebody who's you know sitting like far right and. Uh, I have to check myself because I know that I'm view. getting shown all the... Yes, reinforcing my views on, on life, on everything. And I think this is very fucking dangerous, to be honest. And it's, and it's creating a rift in, in, in humanity at the moment. But when you have leaders that sit up there and, and, and fuel that fire, then things start to really come unstuck, you know? And that's what I think that we're seeing a little bit of today. And I was talking to someone this morning about it and they said, well, what are you going to do about it? It's like, well, we're going to fucking talk about it. I talk about it because this kind of shit spreads like a fucking disease or like a virus. And then when you see that stuff start popping up in your own neighborhood, you have to be like, you know what, man? I'm going to check this guy on that. Hell yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah, you know? I think the, the, the conversations is key and um, trying to have a space where you can have conversations, whether it's online and someone says something you don't want to shoot them down and tell them to unfollow you but rather you know i think the better thing is to continue have them continue to follow you 
and you lead, kind of lead by example. Try and influence. Try and influence them, yeah, and change their mind, as I said. But, um, yeah, the conversations is where it's at, whether it's, um, uh, yeah, checking someone on something and trying to bring it up. But you, you, you can't just uh, ignore it. Can you? Has anyone here been a victim of racism? Yes. You've got a good story. Yes. Do I have a good one? Yeah, yeah. Do you I? Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Can't remember it. Oh, the guy at the bar in America who didn't like me being Australian? <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I think it was the girlfriend in... Um, was she Vietnamese, maybe? <laughs> don't remember that story? No. I don't want to say it because it's your story and then if you might turn around after the podcast, say, hey, I didn't want to fucking talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, bro. I'm an open book. Oh, you? When you walked in the room, he was like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was a beauty. Yeah, I can't even remember this. I was, um, Go on, tell us. It was ah, story time, guys. Get a cup of coffee, <laughs> hot drink. Uncle Joe's got a tail. No, it was, I was, it was when I used to hang out at Top Ride. I was in a little gang there, Top Ride Boys. And one of the guys, Jason, who was like the token Asian dude in the group, he was from Laos. Well, his parents were from Laos. Because, um, you know, it was like a couple of Tongan kids, a couple of Filipino kids, Jason, and then I was like the white kid. And um, Jason's mum uh, lived out... Uh, she lived in Cabramatta. And so when we were teenagers, Cabramatta was like a heavy part of town. I mean, we weren't, uh, uh, when I say we, I wasn't, I never went out there. So all I knew of Cabramatta was that like what you saw on the, in the news, which was that it had Asian gangs and that there was a lot of heroin sold and that you'd probably get shanked if you went out there. It was actually a pretty scary place. It was, wasn't it? Days. Yeah. Yeah. It had a huge, a lot yeah, of immigrants from- and lots yeah. of drugs. Cabra. So Cabra. So Jason was like, man, do you want to come stay at, um, at my mum's house? And I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. And he's like, yeah, just come out. We'll hang out for the night and then come back the next day. So we went out there and she lived in like this, um, like one of those community, housing community kind of things with the funny circular roads and the houses all look the same, whatever. And um, we were hanging out at her place. There wasn't much going on. And he said, oh, uh, we're going to let's go down and visit my friend. And he had like this girlfriend that lived um, around the corner and uh, he's like, yeah, she's like a friend of mine. We, I, I go and hang out with her when I'm here. Um, so we went around to her place and she was a little bit older and we were probably like 15, 14, 15. And she was a bit old. She was like 16 or 17 or something like that. And um, the, you know, we're hanging out at her place and she was real nice and we're not really doing anything. You know, it's like at that age, you're just not really doing much. You just sit around the house. <laughs> and then... Um, uh, Jace is, she tells Jace, oh, like so-and-so's coming around. And Jace is like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, sick, that'll be cool. And then Jace turns to me and goes, hey, um, just so you know, like her boyfriend and some of his friends are coming around. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and he just, the way he told me was just kind of like, they're a little bit heavy. Like I could just detect like, oh, like there's not going to be trouble, but they're just, they're kind of, they're older and they're kind of heavy dudes. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And, um, and the anxiety kicks yeah, in. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> camera matter. And just after you had a bong. Jace is Asian and, and, and he's from Laos and she's from Laos or Vietnamese or something. And I was like, oh. What? Sitting around doing nothing. Oh, they're, they're Australian, right? But they're, but they're you know, their cultural backgrounds different to mine. Like, oh, okay, shit, wow. And then, you, you know, a couple moments later, you hear like a few cars pull up. It's like fucking WRXs and big exhaust pipes oh, and shit. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Drifters. And, you know, these, well, so I remember sitting on the couch <laughs> and these, this, this crew of dudes walk in and they're like, you know, they're grown up. They're like 19 or 20 or whatever. And they're like <laughs> double denim, long hair. Like, like you know, if anyone who knew the Asian gangs in the night, yeah, 5T. 5T. Yeah, yeah. Singwa kind of vibe, like fringes, um, long straight hair, tough looking, fuck, you know, like, like 
dragging bad looking clothes. dudes and they walked in and they kind of like scanned the room and they were like oh hey babe like to his girlfriend or whatever and she's like hey and then he's like sup jason and he's like hey man good to see you and then and this is like the ringleader guy and then he looks at me and he goes what's up ozzy <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, hey man. Dusty <laughs> <laughs> pop. I was like, I was like, oh, this is so fucked. And and they like kind of sat down there and then Jason's like, oh, I think we're gonna get out of here, guys. And they were like, whatever. And then we bailed. But I was like, I felt like I was on an island. You know, like I was like, I'm so alone. Like, and I don't know, you know, and I had all these, you could say like preconceptions, probably a bunch of misconceptions about who those guys were. And I'm like, these guys are definitely gang members and they don't, they're probably going to fucking stab me and take my 10 bucks. <laughs> and you know, like, and I'm in a different part of town and all that. So yeah, thanks for reminding me. That was, <laughs> I suppose, you know, I yeah. mean, you're just having a joke, right? Cause yeah. here's the thing. But you get a feel for what it's like. Some people are living like that on it's a true. daily basis. Mm. It's you know? true. And that's the thing too, you know, it, it's, uh, that's a very, um, that's a very mild experience with racism compared to what a lot of people would experience in yeah. this country, right? Yes, in this country, which you you know, you kind of look at what's going on, and you think, oh, I'm glad I'm over here, and it's. But for a lot of people, it's, it's it. Yeah, it's on your doorstep. What about well, you? it's not really racism. That's what I just say. It's a, not a mild. You said it's not a mild. It, it was a mild experience. It's given it. It's just very an, mild. Yeah, it's an, yeah, 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 it's an experience of like uh, social profiling. Yeah. yeah. So like no, no one was condemned. No, he never actually said he hated Australia. No, no he, yeah, yeah. It was just a little interchange. <laughs> That's a good yeah. story though. Like, I love yeah, that is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard that one, eh? Hey. Yeah. That's great. That's a good one. I feel like, um, you know, when you, have you ever seen on um, like Brendan Schaub has a podcast and like they get little animators that do a little animation out of like a little strip of a story that's told in a podcast. That'd be a great one. That little story. <laughs> there's all that little animated cartoon to go with the dialogue. So <laughs> Bozzy. Yeah. Oh, what so about funny. you? I mean, obviously, I don't know if you're listening. Paul is brown and he's Polynesian. Yeah. From Fiji. Have you ever experienced yeah, any? Yeah, yeah. Any have, well, yeah. Yeah, I have. Um, I have several times. Mm. Which one to share? Well, you know, how does it? Where do you? How do you deal with it? I mean, if you if you come across it, off it feels like it's being aimed at you. Yeah. Do you, I, because well, well, I I'll, ask I'll you tell this because you you're very good at at um, diffusing situations. Well, okay, every so time we've been in an argument, you're always a diffuser. Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you this: like I, uh, I could share with you an actual story, some tools, some tools. but I think this is more useful. Um, and with all the shit that's been going on lately. Um, I have been thinking a lot about it and uh, I have been thinking a lot about how I deal with it, basically. Which, um, So I, I'm, I've, I've, no, I've changed my mind this week about a few things and they're like internal things and it's, it's basically a bit of self-analysis on how I have reacted in the past um, or not reacted in the past and, and, and where I, how I feel, I, whether I've been honest or not with myself about that shit. I've had plenty of stories. It's like I don't think it's worth telling the stories, mm. but what? Um, but yeah, like I, as you said, that is my personality, and that's you know, if you know me, you, you know that, and I'll often brush off things too easily. And I've had several occasions where I've got friends like in fury defending defending me because of racist things that were said to me, 
And I'm like there, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm like, it doesn't offend me. Like, everyone's settled the fuck down. But I have friends there who are defending it on my behalf. And, and that's just always been my kind of personality. So that's, that's a situation in itself. And it's happened several times. And um, it's that type of thing. I'm, I'm definitely changing my mind about this, this, this at this time. And what, what, um, what kind of changes are you, are you referring to? Like, what, how? I'm referring to, well, basically, I'm, I'm realising now that... I am definitely in a privileged position because I have, uh, I have time and in, I have the intelligence and the time and the space and the environment to think. And the education. And the education and I'm privileged and I see that, that I'm, I have the time to, to think about this shit whereas a lot of people don't and I think that um, because of that I, I feel like I have a bit of a, a duty to be more proactive about making that change. When I was in my, my, like, prior to these years now, like, I, I've always been a, um, like, a, like a, I always lead by example. That's one of my things. And I'm quite passive with how I spread my message to the world. So it's just, just be who I am, spread love all the time. And this week, I think that that's not enough anymore. Yeah. I, I feel like I could be more proactive and, and I hold a lot of opinions and I watch lots of shit, but I, it's not part of my narrative. Like you look at my fucking Instagram and whatnot, it's all love and family and that's a good message, but I'm, I'm currently like building over the years and we have lots of conversations about this shit, like how fucked up the world is and whatnot and just things that you see, injustices, and I'm like, you know, I feel like I, I've, I should because I can and just make it more of a fucking thing to talk about. So yeah. I don't know. And, and I wanted to say with your thing about don't know how to speak about it, I've written like three posts this week that I couldn't post and it's hard. You can't just flick a switch from one story to this and then you've got all these people who want to say you're jumping on a bandwagon. I mean, fuck that noise. That's yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Like I think, you know, people like criticising how people react. It's just like let's just look at the issue and talk about that and start working on it instead of like bickering with each other about the best who's, way. who's got more knowledge on the matter, you know. I, yeah, yeah, roll, I did one post this week. That was the first time I posted in you a while. You posted fuck Donald Trump. Bro, yeah. when you <laughs> posted that, I was like trying to write a post and then the squares came and I was like, this is something I can do. And I was like, I don't have to write anything. I just want to put my, my, my flag down and my position down in some way. And I was like, I'm going to do the square thing. And then 20 minutes later, I saw your square and there was a black square. If anyone saw it, it was like everyone had black squares. He was a black square and it just said, fuck Trump. And like fuck. huge. <laughs> fuck that guy. And I was like, yes, T, Fuck. I wish yeah. I could post that, but <laughs> I don't swear on my Instagram because it's my family. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got to start swearing more because that's how I talk. I should do it more, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, that was my Robbie, story. Robbie, I got a story. Sorry, Paul. That's all right. Uh, question for you. Chill. Oh, your wife is Asian. That's right. Um, you're, you're as Aussie as you get. Blue eye. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually. She used to live in, in Cabramatta in a little kind Bias. of housing area. Bias. Have a boyfriend that drove a WRS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I met her, bro. <laughs> I polished his car. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had any any issues there, or no, nah, not really. Um, couples. You know, well, we've travelled to uh, uh, to Asia, and I've been sort of like profiled. I saw I've got this Aussie guy with this, you know. Like of course. We were, we're in Thailand, all oh, these guys, you know, <laughs> chasing the Thai women Creep. and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, what about me? What about me? <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, like, my wife wasn't too impressed about that, but I was like, you, you know, you look Asian, so it's going to happen. Um, 
But no, yeah, nothing, nothing here. You know. I think I think uh, like a to to reflect. It, it's 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 almost impossible for anyone on this planet to be persecuting another another race because we're just so multicultural everywhere now. There's yeah. so much cross pollination across the world. So that's it. I don't get it. Oh, I, we're in 2020. And well, there's pockets though. There's, there's like well, there's areas. Yeah. There's areas. I mean, well, go to country. We're all human. We all the bleed the red test. blood. Like, Jesus Christ, get over it. You know, like, mm. uh, it's, it's just, uh, people are smart enough to realise that it's just not necessary anymore. You know, as simple as that, in my mind. I would agree. But I think that, and this is the, I think this is the tricky part about it, is that a lot of the, like if you if you ask my you know anyone that say we would know generally they would say I'm not racist like fuck that I don't support it at all like no way. Um, however, beep and beep it's, beep it's fucking walk. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Oh, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got another uh, theory on that. But the um, but it, it's similar to how I view the uh, gender equality discussion, which is that um, in that rational in that rational way everyone disagrees with it existing and says that it's a bad thing. However, the, the system that we live in has, has the racism and the inequality built into it. Mm. And, you know, in many ways, we are, we are, we're raised in that system. And so there's certain structures of it that we take for granted and that we're not conscious of. And those are the structures that can, be, that can give way to the inequality, both for race and for gender. So that's why I find it, it's a, very, it's a very hard discussion to have beyond the I don't support racism, fuck racists. Systemic. Mm. It's systemic because mm. it is a patriarchal society. It is, it is a racist society, right? Like um, it wasn't that long ago that we were, that we were murdering Aborigines and, mm. and taking mm. things from them, and, you know. Mm. So it's like, and in America, like you fucking only got to look at the history of that. The whole police force started out of having a force of people that were essentially controlling slaves who had escaped and bringing them back to well it started with they were bringing them back to their owners that was what the original police was and that evolved into um a police force right so you're like fuck okay so like through the fabric of time what was woven into it that is now a a racist structure that is very hard for me as as a privileged individual to recognize and that's where you that's where i feel inadequate in my education about it i'm a fucking the planted seed yeah. yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like even when we, um, even when you think about like kind of silly examples like the nursery rhymes and stuff that we have mm. that have like racist undertones, yeah, yeah. and you're like, all right, there's fucking racism in the nursery rhymes, and there is. Mm. So you're like, fuck, what else is there racism in? Like, what other ways of of just what I consider to be normal in in yep. you know in life are actually offensive and um, y- you know uh, disrespectful to another person? Yeah, that's why I think the the. On an individual basis, the self-analysis is really important. Yeah, so you got to like sit down and basically analyze your own uh, your own biases. So you sit down and whether you do it with a pen and paper. There's actually lots of uh, guides at the moment for self-analysis going around on the net. So you can just go, what do I think about this? What do I think about that? How do I talk to people like of this? You know, and fuck, it's it's a very difficult thing to do because you know we live. And we understand and explain lots of things in stereotypes. And I don't think stereotypes are necessarily wrong, but I'm confused there as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's the whole self-analysis, understanding and, edu- you know, and edu- education is like, you know, fucking what we need right now. I'm myself, I'm, I'm not 
that well read on all the issues and at some point I just stopped, you know, going down that hole and now it's kind of up again. I'm like, I can't help it. I, I, I feel strongly about it, but I, I don't know enough about it. So it's like reading and watching and, you know, you got to check yourself all the time. Just follow your moral compass. Yes. No? Yeah, okay. there's, there's things you can do because it's, it's, you get, you know, yeah, it's fuck. navigating the media is a hard thing as well. Like you want to educate yourself. Mm. Where do you get it from? And you got to see both sides of everything. And oh, such a tricky subject. <coughs> it's a fucking tricky one, well, man. Well, it's one of the big, it's the, one of the big fucking necessary human one. conversations yeah. pretty much. Which is discrimination. Now. Everyone is just needs to be like, like us at our gym. Jungle Brothers. Open. Right, yeah. Right, fuck. Accepting, you know, non-judgmental. Well, that's, yeah, there's a, that's a great, like, that's a great way to influence um, people, right, to change your behaviours to, you know, like you're saying, leading from example, mm. um, thinking about the gym as a, as a force for that. Mm. Um, if you ever listen, there was a podcast that Joe Rogan did a couple of months ago with a, uh, a black American guy um, who is like an awesome voice, like a James L. Jones kind of voice. Uh, he's like a jazz or a blues player. No, you're talking about Cornell West, are you? No. Okay, because he's... Uh, some guy from the... He's from the South. He's a musician. Um, but he has converted over 200 members of the KKK to oh, leave yeah, yeah, KKK. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he talks he about um, how he's rallies. done it. Yep. Yeah, and essentially he just did it by befriending them and mm. hanging out with them and forming a one-to-one -one relationship. Right. And through years of friendship, they just came to understand that he was just an awesome guy and, and just really the same as them. Mm. And so, and he, he didn't he didn't force anyone's hand or tell them what he wanted them to do. They just ended up being that they they ended up leaving. Um, but it was a huge long process that required, obviously, him just to be a human and just be friendly with people that he found a connection with. Um, so it's a very indirect way of influencing, but it's it's a powerful thing to listen to. And yeah. I think that you know what you just said about the gym we have a platform to, to be able to do that for folks. Yeah. Because we don't know, right, what the views of all of the people in here are. No, we don't. And we try not to, we try not to, to, to go into that too much on a political sense because we understand that people of all kinds yeah. and all beliefs and religions and whatever will want to come Parks and train here yeah, and be yeah. a part of this. But I we mean, definitely don't. <clears throat> like like we, we, we share our, our big tribe values and I think um, that comes across in, in our marketing. It comes across in the way we treat each other on the floor and it's cultural you know and i think culture it can can is a is a big game changer but it's also something that's very difficult to change once it's ingrained you know like the the fellow that's taken a long time to get these guys to leave the kkk like that's that's culture that you got to undo and it's very difficult but if you can build your own culture i think um that's that's enough to to start Putting up a bit of a fight, you know. I think we're building a real strong culture here. Soon Agree. we're going to take over this fucking planet, <laughs> <laughs> bro. You ever? You did you? Have you ever experienced racism? No non-jungle brothers are being yeah. half caste. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I think just being 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 half caste. I've I've always been uh, tolerated, but never fully accepted by either my you know my whitest kind of like well, i went to a uh, boys school and that was um in the east that, yeah that was a uh, waverly college and that was Wab fucking Cole. rife with racism mm. was it like yeah well, everyone hung out in their groups you uh -huh. know was it uh, the asians you had the the mediterraneans and you had the aussies and uh it's it's changed now i think but um no it was it was just part of growing up you know 
that was your identity. And Australia. It was a way of hurting people and it was a way of empowering yourself, you know. But I didn't really have uh, any a group that was... We, I just had a group of, of anyone that wasn't in one of those groups. <laughs> you know, you got all the leftovers. Yeah. yeah. The, multi yeah. <laughs> the multicultural group. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. The <laughs> motleys. Um, and, you know, same thing on, on my family's, my, my Cook Island family side, especially when I was a teenager, because uh, you got to go through that rite of passage. And um, I always, I was just, you know, the white kid. And then going to school I was a, the brown kid you know but I used to get called a monkey a lot and that just fucking I don't know it hurt you know it, it was always kind of hurtful because I knew there was like the the Undertones. intention of hurt behind mm. it yep. and that's that's what hurts you know what I mean and it's hard because you think ah, they're just words and people say ah, fucking who gives shits to people like I'm not like you I'm talking Paul right now where I can just brush that and my friends are going to jump in and and that it's like water off a duck's back. When someone says something hurtful to me, I uh, it digs really deep. I don't have the strength to uh, deflect it or let it pass through me, and and then I have to. I feel like I need to. I like fight. punch them in the face. Yeah, I need to fight repeatedly. For it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I, I, and then I fucking lose my shit, and and then I regret it. And I, yeah, so that that's. That's been my personal experience with racism towards me. Um, but yeah, and yeah, every now and then it'll pop up. I mean, very rarely, but that same kind of, it just evokes a whole bunch of pathways in my brain that are very negative and, and, it, and, I, and it goes back to memories and visions and I'm like, okay, well, that's just kind of there. Mm. And, and I'm gonna be like, like honest right now, it wasn't a lot, you know what I mean? But the small amount that I did cop had a fucking hugely negative effect on my life. So when I think about like someone who's just in that place all day, every day, you just think, you know, those pathways just get stronger and stronger. And, you know, it's very difficult to pull yourself out of a place like that. And you get stuck in, in this, you know, in a place where nobody wants to be, you know. So, yeah, I, I understand it. And I'm just glad I'm not at the at the, the wrong end of it on a regular basis, you know. And I don't think I'd want to wish that on anyone. Yeah, it's it, it'd be a fucking horrible situation right. for a lot of what American, you know, Black Americans are facing, you know, and people yeah. all around the world, right? Yeah. To, to think minorities, that, isn't it really? Yeah. And places where it is, you know, where it is systemic, it's like built in, and mm. it's like fuck from from where you're born and the housing you're in through to the jobs that you can get and all those things. Yeah. We don't really have those limitations here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean we yeah. don't. We don't. No. Yeah. Yeah. I should rephrase that. <laughs> Many indigenous people do. Yeah. Mm. Well, on that, I guess um, we'll wrap it up, but I, I was going to say um, the two things for me that influenced one thing the the one thing that I found was very um, was very helpful in coming to understand um, the first peoples of Australia was uh, reading about them. And I get a lot of education through books. Books are just my medium, but whatever, podcasts or social media, you can learn stuff. Um, but there were two books that I read which gave me a greater understanding of the culture and a greater respect for it. And I found that that was just very eye-opening because I realized I didn't actually have much respect for it prior to that. And not in a way that I was actively disrespectful of it, but just that I didn't really think all of that much of it. You know, I knew 
the shit that you knew from going to, you know, they, whatever they teach you in school, this is a boomerang, this is a fucking dot painting, you know, like there's really things that are just kind of nothing. But two books, one was um, Dark Emu, which I, I talk about that a lot, but I would suggest if you want to know more about um, uh, Aboriginal culture in Australia, read Dark Emu, it's a very easy read. And the other thing was a book I read called Leviathan, which is by John Birmingham. And it's not the whole book. The book is essentially a biography of Sydney, but he talks in a couple of parts about that, about the indigenous culture. He talks about them from the perspective of land management. And that's very relevant with the fires we had earlier this year. Then he also talks about racism and systemic racism in Sydney that came up through the police force and was enacted largely in areas like Redfern and whatnot. Mm. And I found both of those books really influential for me. So if there's someone out there that's listening, it's like, I don't know where to start. You could totally check those two books out. Mm. But I've got Dark Emu at home in my pile ready to read. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll love it. Mm. Especially with your interest in... Yeah, a lot of permaculture in... in, uh, Like I was reading the introduction and a lot of permaculture going on in the... Yeah. um, Aboriginal um, society and and, and culture. Like they're real... Like we talk about uh, First Nations as, as hunter gatherers, but there's a lot of land management, like like really complex stuff yeah you know it was great yeah like i guess it's a it's a form of agriculture mm. isn't it and they yeah. were yeah and they were doing that for you know yeah tens of thousands of years much you know in a much better way than we are <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um but yeah the journey continues to try and learn more about it uh any closing thoughts from you guys oh look you know we can't change the past but we can make a difference for the future so i just hope in light of what's happened in america that's uh you know, we we see some good change. You Something know. positive Something comes positive from it. Yeah, because yeah. you know. if 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 we don't, <clears throat> fuck, it's never going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I have to stay optimistic about things, for sure. And um, yeah, edu- self educating yourself, having some a thought about it, take some time, have conversations with people. They're hard conversations to have. Um, try and be understanding of someone else that might have another opinion and work it through um yeah fuck i think yeah it's going to take a time and uh, you know a a big effort but you can't keep putting it in the uh too hard basket because what's happening there is the story it's not like it's over there and it's not here it's not like it's Irrelevant to, irrelevant to anyone on so many levels. Yeah, and it's really become, a, so it's really become a movement now, isn't it? Because you, you're seeing a lot of countries come on board and have protests and and, and speak up about it now. You know, yeah. like we've seen, you know, things like this happen in the past, but I haven't seen such a huge reaction like we are now. Yeah, totally, yeah. and uh, and for a good reason. Whether it's absolutely, it's just been boiling underneath the surface for a long That's time, right. and this is it sparked. It's not like it just happened. It's just always been there, and fucking the levers open, yeah. the levees open, and now everyone's talking about it. That's a really damn good thing. Mm. Mm. And also, congratulations on your squat, Robbie. Yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, congratulations on your uh, new to be child. Oh yeah, yeah, on the way. How, third how, baby. how uh how far along is he he's um did you announce this on the podcast yet no i haven't sorry if i stole that thunder yeah no i, d- no, I didn't yeah <laughs> we're, we're having a baby, baby coming third yeah. baby i don't know what it's going to be um we um I reckon, halfway, the boy or there, girl. halfway there i don't know 
No, I'm saying, you know, people love to speculate. Yeah. You're like, look, it's either going to be one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we really don't need to talk about it. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely going to be a boy. It's just, <laughs> I've just got a feeling. I can see like where the lump's sitting. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Do the ring thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's really exciting. We'll have a cronial. And um, at first it was a little bit freaky. Cronial? Cronial. What's that? The corona baby. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. That what they're being called? Cronials, yeah. Wow. Yeah, conceived during um, COVID-19. Wowza, yeah. against all the odds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there'll be a lot, actually. Yeah. Been a lot, not a, lot, a hell of a lot else to do over <laughs> time getting locked in the house. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're really excited. Third baby. You know, it's, I'm excited and I'm nervous at the same time because i just got to figure out how to fucking feed it. <laughs> it sounds like a healthy it makes way to feel money. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this business making some money yeah. <laughs> that's part of the reason why Pay I started runs. detailing to feed my two uh, and three yeah. Yeah. yeah where can uh, where can people get on board your business if they want to find out about getting their car detailed bruh yeah they just search RC Car Care on the socials or I've got a website www.rccarcare.com.au or just hit me up through the tribe um, I do offer a discount for tribe members so yeah there's some avenues to get in contact with me and if you quote that you listen to this podcast but you're not a member of the tribe Rob will still hook you up with the discount absolutely um, you did my van it's never looked better thanks real it's talk and that was like years ago you did like three years ago and every yeah. time you get a wash it looks like fucking deluxe mm. yeah. ceramic coating and none's getting his done today as well today yeah, tomorrow yeah tomorrow. and he's gonna yeah, take yeah. it over to Johnny to get tinted yeah oh yeah he's gonna look gangster yeah Dark skinned guy, mm-hmm. tinted windows, yeah. shiny wheels. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he winds the window. Just don't drive his mouth. Matter, right? <laughs> yeah, oh no, this guy's safe. This guy's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm a it's doctor. Cool. Yeah. Like, oh, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Nando. <laughs> love Nando. Um, thanks for listening in today, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode, uh, please share it with a friend, pass it on, um, take a screenshot of it, put it on your Instagram stories, just get the word out there, help support us. Um, if you have any requests for future topics or whatever, email them through or flick us a DM at Jungle Brothers Movement on Instagram and junglebrothers.com on the webpage. If you want to train, come at us. Gym's opening at the end of this week. Um, however, our online classes will be continuing. So if you're listening from afar and you want to train, do the online thing or follow an online program, we've got your back. Get in touch. Robbie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Team Paulie, thanks, gents. Thanks, boys. Thanks, bro. Peace out, everybody. Ew.